So you really didn't listen to my last podcast. I did not listen to your last podcast. Wow, you're a terrible mother. I feel like you're supposed to be like, you know, my number one fan. I usually listen to it at like one o'clock in the morning. The second they upload, I start listening to it. And it's the only podcast I listen to at regular speed. I'm I'm so embarrassed. Um, hello and welcome to the Goth Mom podcast. I am your host, Perry Lerner, as always. Um, and this is the podcast for the aging alt weirdo. And with me today, we have your grandmother, your goth grandmother, a.k.a. my mother, uh, Elaine Lerner. Mom, how's it going? Hey, how's it going with you? Everything's good on my end. All right. Yeah, everything's good here, too. Uh, You are here to watch the child so me and my husband can have somewhat of a life, and uh, I roped you into this. So how are you feeling about it going into this? A little nervous. I am a big fan of podcasts. I've been listening to them for several years, and it's pretty exciting to be involved, but a little nervous. The look on your face of, like, just sheer concern of what am I getting myself into. This is very different than my presentations and public speakings that I used to do. Oh, humble brag. It's okay. I'll, I'll lead you into it. If it sucks, this will never see the light of day. Ha, that's what she thinks. So, um, yeah, my mom's the best. We're, like, best friends. Everyone describes us as Gilmore girls. Um, but I would say she's more Rory and I'm more Lorelai. I would agree with you. Um, except I'm the book nerd. Uh, but, yeah, she – it's funny. Growing up, I always felt like she thought I was, like, so cool, which is, like, a weird thing to have your mom – like, to have your mom think of you. But I always joked and said that, like, if we were – both in high school we would not be friends that's absolutely true but it wasn't just me that thought you were cool there were other people around us all of my friends well thank you thank you you always had a very good reputation as being cool but down to earth and pleasant and nice and i'm very polite yes she's very polite she likes being around my friends so that was always a good opportunity for her to witness other women Yes, I was always around adults a lot as a kid, um, especially because, you know, on my dad's side, obviously all of his brothers are older. They all had kids older. Um, and on your side, we had my one cousin, and she wasn't born until I was eight. So, yeah, I, I'm an only child, so I just I felt like I was around your adult friends a lot, and that helped me grow up a lot. Also, having divorced parents will help you grow up, because, spoiler alert, my parents are not married anymore for the best, because... Man, they talk now and both drive me nuts about it. So kind of glad that's not a thing anymore. Well, and the nice thing was when you were younger, people always liked to be around you. You were always invited places. You got to travel with my friends and had opportunities that I may not have been able to give you. So. Very true. The first time, actually the first several times, but the first time I was on a plane was not with you. It was with your coworkers, which is insane that we did not get on a plane together until I was... 28 and you were moving me home from Portland yeah that is insane um so yeah like I just wanted to have you on so we could talk a little bit about like my upbringing and how how I am the goth mom I am today and I don't know it seemed like a a ripe as ripe a time of any to discuss that um but you know you're you were obviously married to well not married but you were with my stepdad Jim for a very long time and he was always listening to 90s goth music. Like, I feel like my love of Nine Inch Nails and Alice in Chains and 
stuff like that definitely comes from him. Absolutely. He was always putting that music on in the car, even in our office where we used to work. He used to drive all of our coworkers crazy with his eclectic taste in music. And they worked at the Department of Education. So they were like in a serious like state office and this dude is like alienating basically his coworkers by putting on this ridiculous music. Well, one of our coworkers cracked when he she heard Nine Inch Nails coming out of his computer out of his desk from his um, CD player and she cracked and she finally said, "What the fuck are you listening to?" That is so funny. Um, yeah, I feel like even for him because he was significantly older than you. He was twelve years older than you. So even for him to be listening to Nine Inch Nails was like. Definitely not, like, he was not the target demographic for that music. No, not at all. And I would think, you would think looking at him, he would not be into that. But that was definitely his favorite band. And I remember, like, in one of the last few years of his life, I had asked him if he would still be down to go to a show with me. He was like, hell yeah. And that never happened, unfortunately. And periodically, when a Nine Inch Nails song pops up on my serious radio, I text Perry a picture. Yes, you take a picture of it. Hi, Jim. Yeah. Because I think he's still around and speaking to me through, um, the Nine Inch Nail songs. That's very cute. But Jim, yeah, I wanna, I wanna, f- I wanna fuck you like an animal. <laughs> that's like, that's usually the song that comes on. But Jim also used to torment Perry with some of the bubblegum music that I used to listen to. But I, in exchange, tormented him with Crocodile Rock from Elton John. True. I had my moments too. But Jim and I, so a lot of times when I would come home to visit, I didn't have a car. So Jim would drive me back from Philly, and we always listened to stuff on his iPod at the time, and that was always a lot of fun, because I would just, like, dick around on his iPod and put stuff on that we both liked. So that was, like, a good bonding experience for us music-wise. And even on the way to the train station, when he would drive you to the station to go to New York. Well, no, in the morning, we used to piss each other off, actually. Because he didn't have, he had, I guess we both had our coffee by that point. But he was usually, like, running a little slow for my taste. And I'm like, dude, I need to get to work. Can you pick it up? And then he would take the slower route to the train station. This was always an argument with the two of us. So, yeah, I would say in the morning it was a little more, uh, there were higher stakes involved. Because if I missed the train, I was fucked. Um... But yeah, I remember like growing up, I was like a creepy little kid. Like I was obsessed with death. That's very true. You were very obsessed with death. The second um, you would hear about somebody, a, a name of a celebrity or somebody would pop up. And the first thing she would ask is, um, is that person dead? Is that person dead? So how, how did you feel about having a kid that was just so obsessed with death? Like, did it weird you out? It didn't really weird me out because I felt like it gave us an opportunity to have these, like, teachable moments. Interesting. That's cool. I feel like, uh, no, we're a death family. I probably wouldn't be weirded out either if uh, Violet was into death. Um, but also I feel like I was, like, scared of, like, weird things but not of others. Like, I loved Nightmare Before Christmas. I loved Wizard of Oz. I don't think I had a fear of the flying monkeys. You do not have a fear of the flying monkeys. But fuck the glowworm. The glowworm you do not like and um, you didn't like clowns. No, but that's, like, a standard right. childhood thing. I still don't like clowns. Jesse actually shits on people who, like, are adults who say they don't like clowns. And I'm like, my first trauma memory is a clown involved. And 
the clown was the the trauma because I don't know if you I'm sure you remember this if I do but it was when you and dad were still married and we were at some like fair or something and some little girl was lost so I had to be less than four if you guys were married and some little girl was lost and I was just like losing my shit because there was a clown nearby and you're like you need to get it together. We need to find this little girl's parents. Yep, yep. And yeah, no, my my fear of clowns trumps finding this little girl's parents in my eyes. I also remember having circ like having a circus um book, like a program, and I was like scared of the clowns in it, so I had to like cover it up. Actually, what that was was the program to the Aladdin on Ice show, and it was advertising was the big, Barnum and Bailey. It was, it was advertising circus. the circus and you were very nervous that a clown was going to show up and I had to explain to you that a clown was not going to show up because there's no clown in Aladdin. But Jafar freaked me out in real life, not in Aladdin. But I remember we went to the Cherry Hill Mall yes. and met Jafar and Jeannie and Aladdin were up together, so I went up to say hi to them, and then Jasmine and Jafar were, and I loved Jasmine, but I was not about to get hypnotized, which, it's funny, because as I look back on that as an adult, I'm like, what Jafar did wasn't, like, that crazy to you, like, he just hypnotized you, but it was, like, the most terrifying thing ever, I'm like, I cannot have this happen. Well, and one of the other things that was was a little unique at the time, there were certain books that were not the typical books, like Stella Luna, and we had oh yes, which is we, a bat, yeah, about a bat. We had, we had the book, we had the stuffed animal, um, and didn't Grandmom think it was weird? Yes, that it was into like a bat book. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, Meanwhile, we have like Dracula, like counting with Dracula now for our kid. Right. Like you know, it's just. It, it is crazy now. I feel like everyone's leaning into the, the creepy vibe more. But, yeah, that was – oh, I'm i trying to think what else freaked me out. Because, yeah, it was, like, really dumb shit. Oh, speaking of dumb, um, I was scared of the dummy in uh, a Muppet movie. Okay. And I would not watch the entirety of the Muppet movie because there's probably, like, a two-second scene where there's a ventriloquist dummy – and I was just not having it. Now, I feel like these are these are normal childhood fears. I'm just, like, pointing out that some of them were not, like, that were normal, were I was not afraid of. But then other things that are normal child, childhood fears were, like, debilitating to me. Like, it ruined whole movies or books because of one little thing. And what's interesting is that um, she didn't... Um she didn't, she wasn't exposed to a lot of, like, these things me. as a kid. You're talking to me. Yeah. 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 Sorry. You're talking to me. I'm talking You're to talking you. You're talking to me. Um, Perry wasn't exposed to, like, a lot of death as a young child. So the fact that she came up with this on her own, I mean, I could see if there's a child that, you know, faces a lot of um, tragedy as a younger child. But she really never did. Um, I remember asking my dad, like, what happened like why do people die at like a very young age and he was like it's so other people can can live mm. um which i thought was like a really good answer to like say to someone who's probably like five years old um but yeah yeah so i guess i wasn't exposed to a lot of death i definitely i remember bubby dying when i was pretty young and then my grandfather died which he was very young um when he died 
But other than that, I don't remember personally experiencing a lot of death. But what's funny is when I did experience a lot of death, like as an adult, it came like hard, like very quickly. Like, you know, I had Chris, my friend's fiance, had died. My cat had died. Jim died. My grandmother died all within like six months of each other. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this like? Like, is this what I get for, like, not having this for, like, an extended period of time? You know, I've had a couple friends die over the years before that. But they weren't, like, they were shocking, but they weren't, like, surprising. But that was, like, very close people in a very short period of time. And I was living 3,000 miles away. Right. I was just thinking that you were so far removed from everybody at that time. You yeah. You were dealing with your cat on your own. It was crazy. Jim's diagnosis on your own. Yep. And, and you too. I mean, you weren't on your own per se, but like, you know, you, I was not there. Yeah. And yeah. I just happened to be at home. It's like still so crazy how Jim died. Cause like I happened to be home. I feel like he was like, all right, this is the time. Like, right. like, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to do this, now's the time. Well, there was a big surprise. Let's surprise mom for right, the that's right. party. Yes, and my dad and Jim were, like, talking to each other to, like, help with that. Um, but uh, it seemed like they, it seemed like um, they collaborated to make sure you got home in time for my retirement party but oh yeah that's right because I was gonna surprise you for your retirement party it is just like spooky how that all happens yeah um but people say that you know sometimes these things happen that they plan it so that you have an opportunity to say goodbye true yeah because apparently I was also like a little premonition-y when I was leaving because I didn't remember this you had told me this but Jim was not going to come to Philly to see me off before I, like, drove away into the the sunset, a.k.a., like, noon. Um, but, like, he wasn't going to come see me. And I was like, but, Mom, like, what if something happens and, like, I don't see him again? And my first visit home, that happened. Yeah, no, you, you had said, you know, suppose I don't see Jim anymore. And that was also when you still had two great grand or two um grandparents that were older that yeah you didn't consider them so you must have thought something was going to happen you also said when you were out in portland that things happened too easily you got your mm, job you yeah, got your apartment right. everything fell into place the first apartment you saw you got you said this is happening too easily. Man, I wonder if I'd still be out there if all of that didn't happen so quickly. Because I did love Portland. And I stayed for like a year after all that happened. It was just like at a certain point, like after losing my job, I was like, okay, what am I doing here at this point? And then like I just went through an anxiety spiral and came home. And it obviously it was the best decision because I met my husband. I'm in a house I love. I have my baby. I have four wonderful pets, um, so obviously that was the, you know, that was the that was the right move. But it, it was definitely hard because I went out there being like, I'm never coming back. Um, but yeah, I I can't wait to bring Jesse out to Portland. Though. I'm so excited. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's crazy how life just like throws shit at you, and everyone was like, thought I was gonna move home right away. Yeah, everybody thought you were going to be just coming back home because, well, your mom's by yourself and by herself. Yeah. And, you know, there's, 
you know, there's things you could do closer. Right. And um, when you did move back, you lived with me for a little while, but then you were like, nope, I'm out of here, and you got your apartment. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I love you, but, like, that was th- that definitely needed, I need my space. <laughs> um, especially because, like, and Jim was like this with you, where you wake up and you are just, like, ready to go. You are talking your ear off at, or talking someone's ear off, and it's just, like, dude, I need my coffee, right? Like, I, especially because I was used to living by myself for how long, and I'm like, oh, now I need to, like, communicate with someone, like, in the morning before I go to work? Like, this is, this is insane. And even when you were still in high school and you used to hang out at your friend's house, you would walk back to the house after drinking and sitting and having coffee with Jim in the morning before you would, um... Get ready oh, yeah. for the day. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> drunk. Like, thanks for calling me out. Like, oh, in high school uh-huh. when you were drunk. <laughs> no, I did always appreciate in high school that, like, you were very, like, chill with things I did. Although, it's funny because um, I would just go to my friend. Because you wouldn't care if I slept over anyone's house. So, But their parents would care what we did. So I'd just go over to my friend's house and, like, do debauchery. And I was like, well, my mom doesn't know. But I think it helped that I, like, told you things sometimes because also then you thought I was telling you things every time. So I was like, Mom, I would have told you if I was doing this. You used to say that you were nervous about bad karma, that if you didn't tell me what you were doing. That was especially in college. I remember Adam, didn't he, my my college, high school slash college boyfriend, I remember at the time, the, when the first times he came up to visit me and we went to a rave, and he, like, didn't tell his mom. And I was like, someone's going to die tonight because you didn't tell your mother that you were up here. Because he was in D.C. and he was coming to New York. And, like, his mom had no idea. Which I understood why. But I was just like, oh, my God, this is such a bad idea. But um, my favorite was uh, when I came home from a festival. And I had, I had dropped acid and did not tell you like you would already because I was starting a new job like the weekend like the Monday after so I was like I'm not gonna tell you like I'm doing anything whatever so then I came home and I I was still tripping it was like over 24 hours later and I was like still feeling like really weird and usually I'm like well down I'm like in a new day by that point it's like nothing and I came home and I was like fuck, I feel weird. I can't go to sleep. I think, like, the anxiety about me sleeping and, like, going to a new job the next day was also, like, freaking me out and making it worse. I was like, well, I already wasted this on my mom by lying and telling her I didn't do anything. I cannot go back now and tell her I did something. Which job was this? When I was the assistant for Mamoretti. Oh, and which I should have been concerned about. She was a fucking DJ. Right. And like it like it just I probably could have told her what happened and she would have been like, Oh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, so there was there was that whole thing and I was like, fuck, I can't tell my mom, but like I need help at this point. And I'm like, I think I'm having a flashback from when I've taken acid before. And you were like, Oh, okay, here's melatonin, night night. And that was like the end of that. But I remember just being so mad because I'm like if I had told her from the get-go, like, hey, I did drugs, like, you would have been like, okay, but because I already, then you would have been like, why did you lie to me? And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I would have became a whole thing. So I was just like, better just to stick with the lie at this point. Um, 
But yeah, that was, that was always, that was interesting. But it's funny because like, I feel like I've influenced a lot of your interest too. And like one of my favorite thing, like memories of you was when I was living in Philly and you came to visit me and we got drunk. Well, I drank. You got drunk. I'm a lightweight. Of course you I are got a lightweight. Drunk. Of course I got drunk. You got <laughs> drunk. We went to Blackbird. We like walked to Blackbird. R.I.P. Damn. Miss Blackbird. Um, which was a vegan pizza place, if you are not familiar. And it was like the best place ever. So we walked there and you're trying to order. And I'm like, you need to sit because like we're going to get kicked out because you are so obviously drunk. So you're sitting and the entirety of the Rancid album uh, and Outcome the Wolves is playing. And I look over and you're like singing all of it. And it like reminded me of someone who like gets drunk and like doesn't realize they know another language and starts speaking that (laughs) other language. Because I don't think you would be able to sing most of those songs sober. But you're like sitting there singing song after song. And you're like, what is this? I'm like, you know it because I used to play it in high school all the time. It's Rancid. Also in Gilmore Girls. But it was just like so funny because you're just like, yeah, jamming along. I know all the words. And I'm just like... Oh my god, I'm like a little embarrassed that like my, my I have to be the sober one for my drunk mother, which has happened more than once. Yes, thank you for exposing me to dirty martinis. Yes, yes, me and Jim did teach you to like dirty. Well, no, Jim did not like dirty martinis. He liked he liked olives, but he was not about absolutely the, no olive juice. No olive juice, or if it, it was going bad. Yes, and he liked gin and olives, which I did not understand. I feel like vodka olives, gin twist, whatever. Didn't make sense. Like, gin is too, like, fruity to me. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Kara hates gin. Kara famously uh, hates gin. No, and- I rely on, on, on you to give me uh, advice on what drinks to get. That is funny because you have taught me and my friends when you go out to drink, you should have... A beer, a cocktail, and a wine as your go-to. Like, exactly. a go-to. So you know how to order if you're in a bar. Yes. And I know your go-to drink is Moscow Mules. Yes. You love a good Moscow Mule. Um, but when we go to Tattooed Mom, which is, like, a really fun, like, I guess for lack of a better word, punk bar in Philly, um, we love ourselves that pickle martini. The pickle martini. Pickle martini is so good. They also have really fun, crazy drinks. The cotton candy. The cotton candy. <laughs> yes, because you are like a child yes. when it comes to candy. You yes. love all of the like fruity, fun candy. Yeah, that's a good drink. We gotta go back there. It's we been a do while. have to go back there. I remember last time we went was like me, you, and Jesse, and it it was like one of the first nice days after like we had all been stuck inside from COVID in right. 2020, and it just felt real tense. Yes. Because everyone was out. Everyone was out. And then we moved to the block over to eat. And we were all like, oh, this is fine. But, uh, but yeah, so do you, what's, your, what's your go-to beer? Do you have one? You're um, not really a beer drinker. I'm so. not really a beer drinker, but I think it's, wait, now I'm going to embarrass myself because, which is the one with the, that you put the lime in? Corona. Corona. That's oh, my, my God. Go-to. You know what's even more embarrassing? That is also Dad's go-to beer. Okay. Embarrassing for you, not for, like, anyone else. But you guys are... It's weird some of the things you have in common. Like, the dining room table. The dining room table. Oh, my God. The two of them happened to get the same dining room table. I will give my dad credit. He got his first. But I will give my mom credit. And there was always shit on top of the table that she didn't notice 
that it was the same table until I came came out home and you brought the table over and I'm like, Dad has the same table. So I guess I guess sometimes your taste can be very similar. But what was like were you into any like quote unquote alt music growing up? Like like you weren't really into like Black Sabbath or anything like that. Like was there any like old metal bands you liked? Um I'm trying to think. Um I can think of more bands of mine that you liked. Well, you liked Green Day. I liked Green Day. Which, that's not growing up, but you did like Green Day. You liked The Killers from me. I did like The Killers. Obviously, Drunk Mom loves Rancid. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Like, I mean, I know famously during Live Aid... You left to go to the bathroom during, during Black Sabbath. During the Aussie port, right. So, I'm trying to think. What, but you were like a bit of a hippie, too. Yeah, I mean, we liked Led Zeppelin. And, okay, um, all right. Yeah, we liked Led Zeppelin. But I also grew up in the 70s where it was a lot of, um, you know. Like disco. Disco, bubblegum music. True, true. And a lot of, like, the singer-songwriter. True. Era, like the Jackson Brown, Bruce Springsteen. Right. Like, uh, Joni Mitchell. I know one of our favorite bands is the Beatles, but I feel like you were even too young to really be into the Beatles during their heyday. I feel like you got into them more because you liked Paul McCartney and Wings. Yeah, but we also listened to a lot of Beatles during, like, like our parties. Like, when I used to go to, you know, when friends would have parties where we would go to, like, Jewish socials. You know, True. we would play a lot of the Beatles songs. I mean, we all knew... All of the um, the red album and the blue album because they always had that playing in the background. Right, but I feel like even by that point, weren't the Beatles broken up? Yeah, they were. So like that's what I mean. You came at uh, at a like a later time I, because you were only like I guess eight or nine when they broke up. Well, and I know the um, we one of my first Beatles records that I bought on my own was Let It Be. Oh, really? Yeah. So I still have and, my records. Yes, and I subsequently took a lot of your records and started my own Beatles record collection. And I I think I have all well, this of... This was the 45s, not the album. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So it was a single. Yeah. Um, yes, because you have donated a lot of the Beatles albums of yours to me, but then I made it my mission to get all the, the actual... Not the whole discography, because that would be crazy, but, like, all the studio albums. Right. Um, but you also really liked Grateful Dead. I love the Grateful Dead. Which, again, kind of old for you? Yeah. I feel like you're, like, a second-generation generation. Grateful Dead. Now, were you a deadhead? I was a deadhead. I saw a lot of their concerts, but I had the benefit of not having to camp out to get tickets, because... Um, your Uncle Robert's friends would camp out and get the tickets. Oh, that's nice. So, you know, I would, I would stay out for some ticket, um, ticket, um, sales, but for the most part, the Grateful Dead ones, I just was the recipient of the ones that they picked up. So I, I would see them like three days in a row at the Spectrum and we would have like... The Spectrum, for those who don't know, is, um, old school Philly venue. Venue, yes. Yeah, and we used to have, like, you know, within the first 10 rows, so we used to see them all the time. And um, I actually just watched a, um, a, a segment about Bob Weir and how he's connecting with... Oh, yeah, that's right. He's connecting with the um, orchestras. Mm -hmm. Well, what's funny to me is you liked a lot of stoner music, but 
did not like smoking. Right. But, like, you like the Allman Brothers, I feel like. I like oh, well, Jim liked the Allman Brothers. I, I like the Allman Brothers, but we saw the Allman Brothers after we had made pot brownies in... Your grandmother's oven. oven. So we brought pot brownies with us. Which is funny because that reminds me of the story where uh, you and Jim were on vacation. I was in college. And grandmom and grandmom's car, grandmom and grandmom, grandma, we're not that progressive. Uh, <laughs> grandmom and grandpop's car had broken down and they needed me to pick them up from the dealership. And me and Pete, at the time, Andrew's brother, we were making pot brownies. And grandmom and grandpop came over and they were like, it smells weird. And I'm like thinking, I can't believe I have to deal with them because you guys wouldn't even care. And now I need to deal with the two of them just like futzing around. And then I had to leave and bring them back to get their car. And they're just like, you're going to leave that stranger in your house. And I'm like, my parents know Pete. Like this isn't a stranger. We have shit in the oven. I can't tell him to leave and come like what oh my god that was like the worst fucking timing because that could have literally been any other time of day too right right? like forget like a different day that could have been just like an hour later but instead i had to deal with that i think we could have convinced grandmom to smoke but grandpa definitely i think so too do you remember when jim lit up right next to you were so mad but he didn't even notice no no um, no, that was, I think we could have gotten Grandma to smoke, too, because Grandma liked to drink every now and then. Yeah, she, she liked her apple martini. Her apple teeny or her chocolate martini. And she, she'd give me a little sip, she'd sneak, because you wouldn't let me really drink, like, ha- have a little sippy sip when I was younger. I, I thought that was something I didn't want to expose you to at that point. You had so many other things going for you in terms of, you know, you know, how you were wearing your hair and your, your, you know, rainbow hair and your dyed hair. And, you know, I just felt like, you My know, combat boots. Your combat boots and your, your goth outfits. And I just didn't think you needed to have the alcohol because that could cause a potential problem down the road. Right. So right. as progressive as I was, that was one that I kind of... And I feel like I was pretty young at that point, too, because I... We have talked about this before, and... My, like, heavy goth phase was, like, in middle school. Yeah. That was when I was, like, I'm wearing not all black, but, like, everything's from Hot Topic. I'm wearing junk food tees. Uh, Fishnet stockings. uh, I think I still have some of them in the house. (laughs) I believe it. Um, No, that that was an interesting time. And then by the time I got to high school, I was, like, wait, I can, like, be this person without, like, being so upfront about it well and the thing was you were still doing well in school and you were still being able to you were there wasn't anything it was a form of expression for you right my dad's favorite thing is when he would ask you if you should if like we should be concerned or if we if you guys should be concerned because of like what I was wearing and my and you were like she listens to the carpenters like I don't think we need to worry about right. her. Which, by the way, the other day, I had Jesse listen to the basically the entirety while skipping the lame songs, the entirety of the Love Songs album of the Carpenters. Oh, wow. His fault, because he put 
some Carpenter song on, and I was like, oh, Rainy Days and Mondays, the music video is on, and I was like, all right, well, now we have to, I had no choice but to listen to this whole album. I apologize. And he's like, yeah, I asked for it. But, like, yeah, I feel like I'd always have that kind of, like, diverse, like, music taste, movies, like, because also, like, I feel like we grew up, like, I grew up watching, like, weird movies that, like, other kids weren't allowed to watch, too. Like, we always joke that, like, Pulp Fiction, American Psycho, and Fargo are, like, family movies. Family movies that we can quote. And you would turn around and say, should I be watching this? So, unless you said, should I be watching this, we let you watch it. And to be fair, Pulp Fiction, when I first watched it, was, like, the edited version. Because there is some, like, questionable material in that. Right. Like, the gimp probably should not be that's probably the worst part about it honestly right is, is that whole scene but even like you know taking you to see a chorus line there was content in there that was probably over your oh head. yeah and it was always fun because you wouldn't let me curse but i could curse in songs and i distinctly remember the first song being tits and ass there you go yep. um yeah and i don't think dad liked that very much which is funny because now my dad like curses a lot more. I feel like you both curse way more because of me. I've been a bad influence. You in were regard. a bad influence on me. Yeah, yeah. I'm the worst. Um, but what was your favorite like phase of me growing up? I know you like all the phases, but um, that's a really really hard question because you you grew in certain phases. So you always mm -hmm. had something new that you would bring in. Um, but you were always very definitive in what you didn't want to do. Right. So, okay, I'll do Hebrew school until I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm doing, you know, I'm not having kids. The theater. <laughs> I'm not I'll getting the married. Theater until I'm not doing it anymore. So for me, it was like, going along for the ride with you. Okay. You know, being able to watch you through these phases. I'm going to be a cheerleader, so I'm not going to be a cheerleader anymore. I'm going to dye my hair red until I decide not to do it anymore. So it's just giving you the freedom to progress through these stages. Yes. Although the dyeing hair, that <laughs> took a lot longer for you to be okay with than it probably normally should have been. Well, that in the piercing, after a while, you run out of reasons yeah. to say no. Yeah, and I remember when you first took me to dye my hair, and I was like 12 or 13, and we went to like a fancy salon that we used to go to, and I cried because when I left, it was not red enough. And you were like, Perry, they're not going to let you leave with fire engine red hair. Like, Although you did have a really good Reese Witherspoon hairstyle. Oh, yes. That was, uh, circa Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, that was, that was a good haircut. Uh, yes, it was. Um, but yeah, my hair has been all crazy colors and am I like how you, like as an adult, am I how you would have expected me to be? Um, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, what's different is, um, I didn't expect you to necessarily <coughs> decide to have children. You were always very, um very set in your ways that you didn't want to have children and I was the one that kept saying you never know if yeah. you meet the right person and I I knew I always wanted a partner like I kind of given up on the idea for sure but I was like not as close to the idea of marriage as I was you wanted children. a partner to split the rent oh yeah that's right <laughs> I wanted a one I wanted a one bedroom and I could pay for half of it that is true but, Which I was like, that's probably not a good reason to want a partner. But I always knew you would do something, um, you know, it, 
independent mm -hmm. you know I always saw you as being very independent very organized because of the situation you grew up you had to transition between two households so you know your ability to transition and organize your life um, I think was was set when you were younger and you've just expanded on it you have somewhat of a creative job mm -hmm. and whatever opportunities you have to utilize your creativity you continue to do and find new ways to express yourself including your tattoos yes which i i do want to get into because i feel like you've never been like super thrilled with my piercings and tattoos which like in reality how many parents are um, but it's funny because I remember when I was like 17 and still needed permission, like you offered to take me to get my nose pierced. And I was the loser who was like, I feel like I should check with my other parent if they're okay with that. Maybe I was 16. But, and I did. And my dad said he didn't want me to. And I didn't. Right. Because I was like, I just see this being an issue between my parents if I like. Well, mom said I could and took me. But you were not thrilled with me getting tattoos, but also came with me. To get my first tattoo. Yeah, well, I wanted to I wanted to witness it and see what it was involving and to make sure that you were going to a place, not that I would necessarily know if it was reputable <laughs> or not, but I felt like as a mother, I want to at least make sure you're, um, you're taking care of yourself. You well, know, it likewise. also... Well, I remember you had gotten your belly button pierced. Yeah. And it got infected. Okay. And you had gone back to the piercer and um they said oh no it looks fine and i was like oh okay the piercer said it looks fine i'm not gonna worry yeah yeah i famously do not heal heal well from piercings um but yeah the tattoo thing i feel like so i went to a place that my dad had gone to so i was kind of like okay i trust this i've since obviously found my own tattoo artist several times over and have stuck the landing with one finally but I feel like every time I got a new one it was like a whole new like oh my god again with you do you feel that way anymore when I get tattoos no, it's been a while since I felt that way okay um, and I'm pretty covered yeah you're pretty covered and again it's a way to express yourself and that's one of the things that I had said you know it's another opportunity for you to express yourself mm -hmm. and as long as you're happy and Again, you know, it doesn't detract from who you are. It enhances you. So do you have a favorite tattoo of mine? Um, I think the yellow submarine one. Uh, like, like the whole tattoo, like the whole sleeve or just like that part? I think components of that. Yeah. Okay, so that is, she is referring to my uh, octopus's garden sleeve, which... I was going to say it's my most recent one, but that is a lie. The lie detector determined that is a lie. Um, but yeah, interesting, because that is my biggest piece. Well, what's funny is a couple weeks ago, I had lunch with a friend of mine, and I was showing a picture of you with, with um, I guess, with the baby. And he said, wait, are those tattoos real? No, they're fake. It was, I think it was through your fishnet stockings. I think it was. Oh, my Halloween Your Halloween costume. costume. And he's like, I didn't know your daughter was tattooed. I was like, oh yeah, she has several. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty covered. I plan to get more. It's funny, as an adult, I have taken out piercings, but have, the tattoos have only kept going. Um, but I remember when I would get new things, you would like 
put me in front of grandma and be like, oh, let's see what they say about this. And like half the time they didn't notice. And when they, when it was pointed out, they were like, oh, that looks nice. Yeah. I remember you did that with my eyebrow piercing and you were like, oh, do you guys notice anything different? And they're like, no. And you're like, "Mm, maybe something with her eye. And my grandfather's like, oh, does she have makeup on? And you're like, guys, she got her eyebrow pierced. And they're like, oh, it looks good. And it like was the total opposite reaction of what you wanted from them. And then there was the time we found, I found a receipt in the house. Oh, that was some bullshit. Yeah, it was me, Catherine, Jeff, and Sam, I think, had had stayed over your house. And all of us had tattoos. And there was a receipt, and you were like, oh, did you get a new tattoo? And I thought it was because I accidentally wore shorts around Jim, and he said something. I was giving him way too much credit of being observant. (laughs) Um, But I thought he had said something, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, I I did. And it wasn't like I thought you'd care. It was just like, I don't want to deal with it, and I want to, like, keep it for me. Like, some things I want for me, and, like, I never got to, like, sneak around or, like, lie to you or anything like that. So sometimes I just want to just for, like, fun. Um, Because I was, like... I had to be, like, 23 at this point. Like, I didn't really care what you thought. Right. But, um, yeah, and I was like, shit, uh, I did. Did Jim tell you? And you were like, no, the receipt you left did. And you were, and then you were like, I figured it could have been any one of you, but I knew you wouldn't own it, so I approached it this way instead. And if it was one of your friends, you would have been like, no, I didn't get a tattoo. But, yeah, that was that was pretty clever on your part. I'll give you that. Um well, I still have not gotten a tattoo. Yeah, I was going to ask, are we still getting a tattoo one day? Yeah, we should get a tattoo. Agreed. We got to figure out what you want to get. Um, well, considering I, like, obsess over, like, was this the right shirt to buy? We have to make sure that I'm comfortable with what I get. We talked about Amelia Bedelia. Oh, that would be cute. I would still do that. I feel like once you get a tattoo and you get over, like, the, whoa, this is permanent thing, like, it stops like, you stop caring. Like, you're never going to regret and it. And I have a couple friends my age with tattoos. True. I know for me, like, the first few times I got a tattoo, I was like, this is, like, weird. Like, this is on me forever now. There's no going back. And now I'm just like, it's nothing. Like, I feel nothing when I get a tattoo like that of permanence. I'm like, oh, cool. This is exciting. Well, for me, it's fun to see you as who you are now with your tattoos and expressing yourself and watching you as a mother. Yeah. So that's really fun to see your personality coming out as part of being a parent now. Mm-hmm. That is cool. I'm glad I waited till I, like, I'm glad I didn't load myself up with cheap tattoos um, because I could have looked really bad. You always had a plan on how you were going to do it. Very so true. So you weren't going to be um, um, spontaneous. You always always had a plan. And one of the things that I was really impressed what, with you was your first tattoo, you worked with a tattoo artist. You said, I'm not getting just a standard tattoo. I am going to create the tattoo with my tattoo artist. And that was something new to me that I didn't realize that's something that... that could be done where it's like more of an expression right like and I didn't get like flash well I remember your first one was I was like wait that's like bigger than I expected oh, that was a whole thing so yeah you came with me I got a blackbird which I've since upgraded but to be honest like the really cool thing about all my tattoos is like maybe I would have chosen to do them differently like if I could start over again that being said I don't regret any of them I don't feel like any of them don't look like me still even though like you know my first tattoo is over 10 years old at this point like 
The only reason I upgraded it is because it wasn't looking as fresh anymore. But yeah, I remember it was like way bigger than you thought it was going to be. And I was like, mom, it needs to be like big enough to have detail, which ironically, it's like even bigger now. Um, but also the guy kept saying, because I got a blackbird with like purple in it, because I knew I didn't want like straight up black on my pale, pale skin. Um, can you like, I feel like, of course, I'm goth, like I have pale ass skin. Um, but the guy was like, it's going to be darker right now because the ink is fresh and also like your skin is red. And you kept asking him, but like, it's really dark. Is it going to be this dark? And I'm like, he just explained to you. Yeah, it's going to be this dark. I also just had a memory of driving there with you and Adam and it was pouring. Oh, I remember that. And I was like, this is scary. Well, I, I like that your tattoos represent either who you are as a person or a memory of somebody in your life represents somebody yeah or or um even like a point in time that I was you know in at that moment um like I can look back and be like oh yeah like I got this during this time and yeah you I mean at this point like you definitely need to get a tattoo from Robert if only he's just like the family tattoo artist now like everyone has gone to him at this point um so, and he'll do good work. And he's awesome. Like, I, now I want you to meet him because, like, my dad's met him. Jesse, like, has a tattoo by him. Like, and he just does really great work. No, I'd be interested in considering it. And, like I said, I just want some guidance on what to get, where to get, and, you know, something to consider so I could keep up with my goth daughter. Yep, we could totally do that. I would be, I would definitely be down for that. So, um, so yeah, uh, anything else you want to mention before we sign off? I guess there's nothing you want to plug. Yeah, I don't have any big social media activities or anything, but um, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm, I'm very excited that Perry and Jesse are doing their podcast together um, when he comes on the show. And Perry's podcast is amazing, and I listen to it as soon as um, it gets um, released. Except the last one. Bad Except mom. the last one. So she she has really good content and really good information, and um, I just encourage everybody to keep listening. Guys, I did not tell her to say that, but yes, we'll we'll plug Jesse's KYGY2K podcast mainly on YouTube now. Mainly on YouTube, babe. What are you doing next? Um, we're doing well. We just did a Christmas episode that hasn't come out yet. A Christmas episode, okay. This might doing, be out by the no, time this is. I know we're doing a TRL episode. I'm oh, TRL. I, I'm repeating because I don't know if you can hear from there. But yes, it sounds like Christmas episode and TRL episode coming up on KYGY2K. Um, and yeah, thanks for joining, Mom. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks, Goth Grandmom. <laughs> uh, and as usual, this is your Goth Mom signing out. Bye.